Welcome to Rock Vegas, folks. This is Glenn Rockney. You can follow me on Twitter at Glenn Rockney. Starting a uh, Raiders podcast in quarantine. Got nothing else to do. Otherwise, I'd just be talking to myself, uh, which I guess I am anyways. So I don't want to get into the coronavirus right now. I, I'm pretty sure anytime you turn on the TV or look on the Internet, you can get plenty of information from people smarter than me. So I'd rather talk about uh, rather talk about football. Uh, this is my Raiders podcast. Uh, I do have another one that I'm starting. It's going to be all-encompassing for sports everywhere, not focused on one particular team. Uh, that's going to be called Character Concerns. I will be rolling that out pretty soon. But if you are a Raider fan and you just want to talk about Raiders or just hear somebody bullshit about the Raiders, I'm your guy. Um, so, yeah, free agency just started. Uh, first week's kind of done. First, first wave's kind of dying down. A lot of really good players left, but... Most of the shock moves, I believe, are done, barring any crazy trades that may happen. And uh, I think the Raiders did a really good job. I, I really liked solidifying the linebacker spot. That was my number one thing. More than wide receiver, more than corner, more than quarterback, even though... Yeah, well, we'll get to that later. The uh, Nick Kwiatkowski, man, to start off, that was a great start. Because you always want, when that tampering period starts, you always want your team to make that one big move. I know timing isn't super crazy with it, but when you're on your phone following it, you, you're like, okay, good. They're not asleep. They woke up. Mike Mayock didn't hit the snooze button. He's there. He's been tampering. We got ourselves a, a Polish linebacker, which Polish linebackers have a great, great track record in the NFL. Paul Pozlozny and uh, everybody else with a name that looks like an eye chart. Uh, they're good. They're good. They're hammers. And uh, one thing, uh, shout out Ted Nguyen. He, he looked like he didn't look like a cover guy, and I'm probably profiling him based off being white, but he didn't look like a cover guy. Uh, he would be our best cover guy in the last 20 years, along with Corey Littleton, who they signed later. But he he can cover. He can get down the field. He's an athlete. And there's no reason to think that we're any better with, you know, Nicholas Morrow or even some of these guys from the draft because uh, you could draft cover guys, but it doesn't mean they're ready to cover year one. So uh, I like getting – Kwiatkowski, you have to look at him as an upgrade to Burfecht. He's probably exponentially better than Burfecht. Uh, he's better than Tahir Whitehead, even though I think Littleton takes over the Whitehead role, if I'm not mistaken. But, uh, yeah, I think that was a really good, really good deal. I think it was about $7 mil a year, um, which was basically what they were paying Tahir Whitehead to just, you know, be completely jacked and shredded and not cover anybody. So that's uh, that's a win right there. Um, the next one was uh, Marcus Mariota, and Marcus Mariota, I love that. Um, I think I'm not even trying to get into the car controversy. I don't think he's there to take Carr's job. I think he's there as, you know, car insurance, like actual car insurance, not offensive line-wise, but actually there in case Carr hemorrhages, which say what you will about him, Carr has hemorrhaged before. He lo He's looked terrible. Let's, you know, the way he ended last year was awful, so – I think it's only right to have somebody that should something happen to Carr, should Carr not pick up his play, I think it's right to have somebody who can at least run the offense respectively, and I think that's Mariota. Um, never was a huge fan. I didn't really like him coming out of college, but it's a lot different when you're picking somebody number two and when somebody is your number two. I think he's a great number two. Uh, I think Gruden likes the fact that he can create I, uh, without his arm. I think I think Gruden likes that he comes from a you know Heisman has played as uh, won the Heisman, I should say. And uh, I think he's uh, – oh, I'm wrong. 
Win- didn't Winston win the Heisman? Oh, man, I got to look that up. But I like the fact that that Mariota could step right in and this team wouldn't look like Connor Cook at Houston in the playoff game. This this, this team would actually still have a fighting chance. And uh, you never know. You never know. Gruden has a very, very good track record with veteran, you know, uh, journeyman quarterback. And I wouldn't call Mariota a journeyman yet. This is only a second stop. But it didn't work out in Tennessee. So the journey has started for him. Uh, I'd say the jewel of this free agency class is Corey Littleton. I think Littleton is – my number one that I wanted for this team more than anybody, more than Byron Jones, more than uh, some people wanted Ryan Tannehill, more and more than him. I, I I think Littleton is a stud. I think he can get sideline to sideline. He can cover. Uh, he'll get pushed around a bit in the run. Um, that's not – the Rams were terrible against the run, and that's with Aaron Donald. So that's one thing we're going to have to get creative with on defense if Gunther has that capability. They're going to have to find a way to hide him on first and second down. But on third down, which the Raiders seem like their entire season has played on third down, and uh, they are probably get off the field, what, 15% of the time on third down, it seems. I, I know the number's higher, but I, I swear they don't. Third down has been an enemy. And when you have Travis Kelsey in your division and you have running backs that can, like Austin Eckler, that are – catching balls in the flats and going for nine yards when it's third and six. Littleton helps you. Littleton helps you. And you, you do have Kwiatkowski there to be a hammer in the run game. So this linebacker corps transformed overnight, and I, I'm, all, I'm all for it. So Littleton, I, I expect big things out of him. Again, a, a good deal. Like, they, they got him for, what, 11-5 a year? Like, yeah, 11, 11 and a half a year over three years. That's a great deal. People were talking about him getting 16 to $17 million. So I definitely – have to say that that's probably where the Las Vegas income tax uh, stepped in. I don't think that deal gets done in Oakland. So I think the Vegas thing might have been uh, a bit overhyped as far as income tax because, uh, let's be real, we haven't made the playoffs more than once in the last, what is it, 18 years now? I think, yeah, I think there's kids that could uh, join the military since the <laughs> since 2002. So, yeah, it's been a while. And, uh, yeah, the, I got to say uh, – I don't get the Jason Witten one. I, I'm done doing the, the veteran leadership thing. Not that we don't need it, but veterans are veterans. It doesn't matter how productive they are. Derek Carrier was a veteran. So if Derek Carrier wasn't veteran leadership, I don't know that Jason Witten is better. I don't think that Darren Waller needs like a mentor right now. He had 1,100 yards last year, right? And Foster Moreau is could start on a lot of teams. And maybe he's not going to miss – or maybe Moreau's not going to be healthy for the first part of the year, and that would make sense to me, but I don't see Jason Witten signing somewhere being a rental uh, for four games out of the year. So I don't quite get what they're doing there, like a goal line package thing maybe, but I don't know. It didn't seem like tight end was a place we had to add anything at all. Uh, I think we have a good coach, and I think Waller is just scratching the surface, and I think Moreau is, is very, very good like I said, especially blocking too. So I, I didn't get the, I didn't get spending four or $5 million on him. I didn't get it. Especially a guy when he's played what, 17 years for one team. And then he just leaves. Usually that doesn't go the way it should. And you know, I got some takes on Brady too, for, for people who uh, think that's a similar situation, but yeah, I don't know. Not really feeling the Jason Witten one. That, that one didn't move the needle for me. I, I think the Cowboys let him walk, and they let him walk for good reason. 
And uh, I would say he needs to get back in the announcing booth, but that was actually worse than him p- playing. I'd pay him $4 million to not announce, so maybe that was Gruden's thing. And, uh, yeah, but we did raid the Cowboys a little more. We went with uh, Malik Collins, defensive tackle. That was really nice to see. Uh, seeing kind of mixed reactions from, from a lot of Raider fans on it, which I don't I don't get how you could be mad at it. I, I know the figures haven't come out yet, so maybe we're just paying this guy – uh, Aaron Donald money, which I would very, very much doubt. But this guy's got 14 and a half sacks in his career. He's 24. And let's be real. I love Mo Hurst. I love PJ Hall. Malik Collins is better in every facet. Well, not every facet. He doesn't play the run as well, but he's a better pass rusher than both of them. And if this team doesn't get any interior push, it does not matter what Cleveland Farrell and Max Crosby do. So this is a guy who gets to play with Rod Marinelli, gets to put his hand in the dirt and rush the passer. And I, I think he'll play on some running downs, but I, I do think they'll keep uh they'll keep Hankins and uh and PJ Hall in on some running downs. I, I do see that happening, but but I could see a nice little rotation going and uh I like it. Cause if you notice, I think it was in two thousand eighteen, so that was Gruden's first year uh back with the Raiders. They went to Denver and had a pretty good lead and, and you know, crumbled down the stretch. Offense went to shit. But if you notice, they were they had, like, Frosty Rucker out there playing 37-year-old Frosty Rucker playing all these downs, and the altitude got to him. So, as as it does for everybody, but you, you want to be able to rotate guys and not lose a lot when you do. And I, I think they did a really good job building this defensive line. I'm, I'm really excited. Hopefully, maybe they add, like, a mid-round draft pick to it to develop in it. But right now, I'm – the front seven looks good, and uh, I think Malik Collins was uh, probably my second favorite signing. I, I'd, I'd probably go so far Littleton one, Collins two, Kwiatkowski three, and uh, that's way better than last year already. I think I, I don't see the the floor of like just being terrible like like Lamarcus Joyner. I, I, I see these guys being productive at least. Um, Cowboy signings didn't stop. Uh, Jeff Heath, this one I don't like. Not a fan of this one. Uh, I don't think Jeff Heath is really good at all, and I don't think he's better than Carl Joseph. We'll see what happens with Carl Joseph's foot. I, that injury sucked. So if Carl Joseph loses a little bit from his foot surgery, then I, I get replacing him. Uh, the only thing is we signed Jeff Heath. I, I didn't see what his numbers were. It didn't, didn't look like his numbers came out to what they signed him for. And then HaHa Clinton Dix gets one year $4 million. Uh, I I think I forget where he went. I think he actually went to Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. How? What? In what way is Jeff Heath better than him? To where you signed him days before you signed Ha Ha Clinton Dix? I don't. I don't know much about the X's and O's of football. Not definitely not uh, enough to talk about it with uh, conviction. But I don't understand having having to get Jeff Heath in the first couple of days of free agency. It, I, they say it's a special teams thing, but he's the starter right now. Eric Harris isn't starting over him, and I, I don't I don't get it. I it's probably a position we're gonna have to hammer in the draft. It this one didn't make sense to me. I'm not a fan. I get that he knocked the ball out of Derek Carr's hand. Uh, that's probably the highlight of his career. Uh, which uh, you and I could have made that tackle. Hate to break it to you. And uh, yeah, he's also coming off a shoulder surgery. Uh, that's also not good. Yeah, so we have two starting safeties coming off a shoulder surgery. Uh, that's the I, I don't think we did anything to address the secondary that I uh that I like. So that might give you a hint on the Eli Apple one coming up, but let's let's get to Carl Nassib. I like Carl Nassib the player. 
I don't like these numbers that they're spending on him. Um, again, not my money, but it is the cap for the team that I like. Uh, goes against that. So I I like him. I think his motor is good. Clearly an upgrade over Josh Morrow and Benson Mayoa. Uh, kind of does – kind of is like both of them combined as far as production, I would say. Um, I think Benson Mayoa got overrated a bit last year. I think he walked into some pretty good sacks and uh, really didn't play – the snap count that you needed to be an impactful defensive end. Uh, I don't think he won as much as his sack total was. And I, I think, I think Nassib wins a little bit better. He's they're betting on upside. He's, he's only 26, which is, which is great, but I think they paid him like 27 million or something like that. And I was expecting him to get like four or five a year. I, I didn't, I didn't see that. Like who were they bidding against? Are they, were they bidding against themselves in this? I, I don't, I don't see another team, you know, like in the auction room, going once, going twice. Ah, oh, man, we will stop at 27. I, I don't think that that happened, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he was some coveted guy in free agency, but I think they could have had him a little cheaper had they had they waited. So, But again, nonetheless, I think he's great. Uh, Farrell insurance, because we still don't know about Cleveland Farrell. He might lose his starting job this year if he doesn't produce. And, uh, yeah, that's a bad look at that point. But I think Nassib uh, – I think Nassib is an upgrade over Morrow. I think we're not going to lose much on running downs. Uh, it was it was painful to watch Josh Morrow try to rush the passer last year, especially since when you'd see someone like Patrick Mahomes or Phillip Rivers, they'd see, okay, look, their run, run defense is on here. Let's pass. It, they would give it away. I think now they can mix things up a little bit and not lose a lot. You could have Nassib on the field and still be ready for an outside run. You could have Malik Collins on the field and still stuff the inside. I, I think now it gives them a lot of versatility in the front seven. So I do like having Nassib. I'm just not a fan of the cap uh, space used on him and the and the salary for him, especially now that kind of want to add a little more secondary and maybe a veteran wide receiver. I think these are the kind of moves that stop you from doing that. So, uh, but yeah, Carl Nassib, cool. I'm I'm in. Uh, Eli Apple, not in. I am not in on Eli Apple. I don't. I do not get these people who think, oh, we're betting on upside. And then I, I suggested on Twitter that why don't we bet on Xavier Rhodes' upside, who actually did have a good year in the in in the NFL. Eli Apple has not had a good year in the NFL. He just has the size, and everyone says, well, Ohio State corners are usually good. And uh, well, coming from a team who had a pretty bad. Ohio State corner in Gary on Conley. We know that that's not all true. And you're basically just betting on length, which Xavier Rhodes has. Uh, you're betting on somebody living up to their potential, which Rhodes already did for two seasons, I believe. And uh, Eli Apple, people forget, Landon Collins called him a cancer. This is in the Paul Gutierrez report I'm reading uh, on ESPN.com. Eli Apple was called a cancer by Landon Collins, and Apple said he was embarrassed about his conduct there. Well, guess that means he changed it up when he went to the Saints, right? Mm, yeah, I guess he wasn't a team cancer anymore, but then uh, he led the Saints with 11 called penalties in 2019 and 10 called penalties in 2018. And despite New Orleans not – he didn't join New Orleans until week eight in 2018. So uh, 11 past interference flags, and uh, he's coming to the Raiders. So, yeah, you know us. We, the, whenever uh, guys that commit a lot of penalties, they come to us and don't commit penalties. You know the Raiders. No penalties, not us. We don't do that. So I don't, I don't understand the Eli Apple one. It would have been fine if we had already had a set secondary and it was like, hey, this is our fourth or fifth guy, and hey, maybe 
maybe as depth if we're down to our last couple of corners you don't hate that you have Eli Apple but uh again right now he's penciled as starting we can't bet on Isaiah Johnson yet we can't so it's uh, that one I, I I didn't quite understand so uh yeah the free agency was good I I think it was good I I'm still very scared at at safety and I'm scared at corner which when you're in division with Pat Mahomes, it's it's great if you improve your pass rush, but if you don't cover, it does not matter. Mahomes was making throws in the Super Bowl with guys in his face, uh, and that's the best front seven in football that was after him. We 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 don't have the best front seven in football. We have a, I think right now we've kind of moved our front seven into like t- around the 16 to 13 rank in the in the NFL, which is miles better than what it was. But you you want to lock down that secondary, and, and I get what Mayock's doing. The draft is most loaded at wide receiver, secondary. So why not just have your pick of the litter there? I would like to get veterans, especially especially in the secondary, because Trayvon Mullen's our best corner right now, but he's the second-round pick from last year. So even then, he's still kind of getting – not getting his feet wet. Uh, that's, that's not fair to say because he played and covered good guys last year. But I, I don't think he's the guy where you say, look, lockdown – Trayvon Mullen Island, and uh, you guys, you guys see that Trayvon Mullen thinks he's like everybody's friend. I feel bad for the guy because he's saying, "I just talked to Byron Jones, man. It's all good. I just talked to Byron Jones. Byron Jones signs with Miami. He's going back and forth with Darius Slay, and I think Slay was pulling a dick move, like, "Yeah, yeah, no, we're we're cool, we're cool, man. Yeah, hell yeah." And then Slay gets traded to to Philly. I know Slay wasn't in charge of that. Maybe Slay thought he was going to the Raiders. That's possible, but. Damn, man. Trayvon, you're on an island, man. You're by yourself. Not everyone's your friend. <laughs> just, just, man, just be the best corner you can be, man. We'll, we'll try to get you some help. I, I, hopefully that comes in the draft. But, man, that was, that was a tough scene, man. So, I, I'm, those positions kind of scary to me. I, I, I did see today, uh, as of this morning, that Pierre Desir got, was signed uh, or I'm sorry was released by the Colts and I've wanted Pierre Desir on the Raiders it seems like he's a free agent every like two or three years and I, I want him every time I remember wanting him in the draft too but he's that long corner that Gunther likes that Mayock likes he's a long physical corner I think he would step right in and be a starter and I don't know what the Raiders have left this cap room because they're still oddly maybe it's got something to do with the you know social distancing stuff, but they're not releasing Mariota's contract numbers, Malik Collins' contract numbers, and I believe Jeff Heath's contract numbers. We don't know, so I have no idea what the Raiders have in cap space. Maybe Desir's going to want more than that, but I think he steps right in. I think you got to go get him before a team like Seattle does because that's totally a guy that Seattle jumps on, and all of a sudden he's a Pro Bowl caliber player once he gets there. So I really, really, really think the Raiders, more than anybody right now in free agency, should go after Pierre Desir. Uh, don't worry about the wide receivers. We'll hit them in the draft. I'd like to have a veteran, but other than like a Rashard Higgins or maybe a Bashad Perriman, if their value goes down closer to the draft, maybe you take one of those guys. But right now, shore up the secondary. Take what you can get. Get productive guys. If you can improve over any position in the secondary, do it. That's At the end of the day, that's what we're going to have to do to stop Pat Mahomes. And that's what the league's becoming is stop Pat Mahomes. Brady's not in the AFC anymore. The Pats – basically fire you know did a fire sale for their whole team you have to stop pat mahomes Uh, again wide receiver i'm not worried about wide receiver last year it was bad we did not get production out of that but i'm not 
I'm not doom and gloom over wide receiver right now. As long as they're fixing the defense, I, I didn't want them throwing twelve, fourteen million dollars at Robbie Anderson when Robbie Anderson hasn't been consistent his whole career. He would totally be an Al Davis, you know, pay him top three money in the league when he hasn't earned it, but Al Davis likes his speed and athleticism. And then we'd be wondering why, you know, you see homeless guys with his jersey on two years from now when you forgot he even played for the Raiders. So I like waiting for these guys to go down. Mayock's been disciplined. I think he maybe can be a little too conservative at times, but he's staying disciplined, and I don't want to overpay for any of these wide receivers. So I I think uh, as you as we move on in the in the in the draft, I think you're going to see some of these veteran receivers take a little less, maybe one year deals. Try try free agency again next year if the wide receiver class isn't so deep. So I'd look for Mayock to Mayock's probably playing the waiting game with that. And uh, I know Gruden's probably telling him, hey, hey, pal, uh, can you get me a couple of these uh, pass catchers over here? But um, another thing you have to realize, too, is I know people aren't really happy with Tyrell Williams. I, I think he kind of not single handedly, but he, he might have lost that Texans game uh, last year. Just not bringing in contested catches, letting Gary on Conley rip the ball out of his hand on fourth down when uh, uh, right after we traded him. So that was uh, that was a bad look, I think. Tyrell Williams left a bad taste in people's uh, mouth. But when he was on the field, he produced. And plantar fasciitis sucks, man. If you don't have your feet, what do you have when you're a wide receiver? So if that heals up the way it should, um, I I don't see how he's not a good at least number two. I, I know I would bet a lot that, that we're going to get either Judy, Lamb, or Ruggs in the draft. I I would bet a lot of money that, that Gruden's going to pound the table for that. Might even he might even put chloroform over Mayock's mouth and then run the uh, FaceTime his pick to the uh, commissioner because since we still can't have a real draft, uh, I, I see something like that happening, and I'm not worried about it. If you go into the draft, say you get, uh, how about I go into this? Sorry, top five picks at at number twelve. Raiders pick at twelve and nineteen this year. Top five picks at twelve. The first three are going to be Judy Lamb and Rugs. Um, I don't necessarily have an order because I think Gruden is going to like C.D. Lamb more than any of them. I think he's going to C.D. Lamb's going to fit that West Coast style, catching quick balls and, and making moves after the catch. I think he's going to like that. But I also see him fall in love with uh, Henry Ruggs after getting burned by Tyreek Hill all this time. I, I see him kind of wanting to have his own t- Tyreek Hill. And then Jerry Judy kind of reminds me the most of Antonio Brown out of all of them. And uh, – Say what you will about the Gruden Antonio Brown thing, it's uh, I think Gruden does it again if you gave him the chance. He would do it again. He'd 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 try it all over again. I think he loved Antonio Brown. I like he liked his attitude. I don't think he knew that it would develop into something like this, but I think he likes that kind of attitude. I think he likes a a, a tough wide receiver. He had Keyshawn Johnson. He likes a, a wide receiver who knows how good he is and, and uh, lets it be known. He had Keyshawn Johnson for a long time. He had uh, Keenan McCardell was definitely uh, not short with words and, and stuff. So I think he, he knows what he's getting into with some of these guys. And I think he would have made that Antonio Brown trade all over again. So I, that might get him towards Judy. So I see equally, it's like a pie chart in thirds. I see 33% for each of those guys being Gruden's guy so I don't know but I love uh I love taking either of those three guys at 12 I didn't for a long time but when they I didn't think they were going to shore up the linebacker core the way they did in free agency so now that they've done that I say 
take the best receiver available. You should have your pick. I don't see teams reaching for receivers in the top 10 with all those quarterbacks and tackles. Another guy I like at 12 is C.J. Henderson. Uh, I think he's a playmaker. I think Mullen's a good cover guy. I think he gets real sticky in coverage. But uh, he was kind of like a – Mullen reminds me a bit of an awesome wall where you don't count on him getting interceptions, but I think you count on him as a guy like, I don't throw his way because he's, he's sticky. I really like Mullen. But it's nice to have a guy like Henderson who can – really take the ball away from the other team he's not the greatest tackler so that might scare a guy like Mike Mayock kind of an old school defensive bad guy himself where you got to tackle but I do like Henderson a lot at 12 and um, I wouldn't rule out like a Derek Brown if Derek Brown were to fall just betting on a specimen at 12 I, I wouldn't it wouldn't blow it wouldn't blow me out of the water I wouldn't be super excited about it but hey if you have a young defensive line full of freak athletes like that uh, with I guess Farrell's not a freak athlete, but with Crosby, Derek Brown, and and Malik Collins, that could be pretty scary. That could be pretty scary. So I, I do see them doing something like that, and you never know. They might just mess around and take Andrew Thomas at tackle because I know Gruden loves offensive line, and the offensive line could use some some youth. Um, and who knows what they're what they really think of Colton Miller? Um, who knows how healthy Trent Brown stays for the rest of his career? I could definitely see them doing something like that. But at pick twelve, I definitely. I definitely try to hammer that wide receiver, especially if you have the pick of the litter, because you know the Niners at 13. They got to 13 for a reason. Uh, pick 19, probably thinking more on the lines of uh, secondary there. I, I would like to see some what receivers are available there as well. Say at 12, they go with C.J. Henderson or Christian Fulton or something like that. Maybe reach a little bit for a corner. I wouldn't hate that. And then at 19, they're sitting there maybe going after a Denzel Mims or Jordan Jefferson. But the way I see it is I think they're going to try to get their pick of the litter at wide receiver at 12 and then either trade back at 19 if possible, um, try to pick up a second or maybe like another third. That way you can move into the second with four thirds. Um, I could see them doing that, but I, I think if they stay at 12 and 19, I think 19 becomes Paul Gunther's uh, secondary uh, pick. And one guy I don't see a lot of people mock to the Raiders or anything. I don't know why, but I, I love Xavier McKinney. I don't think he's a box safety. I think he gets sideline to sideline. I think he's a freak. He, he He's just an absolute freak. He's huge. He looks like a box safety. He looks like a linebacker, but he gets – to me, he's like Isaiah Simmons in the secondary if Isaiah Simmons didn't play linebacker. It's, it's, it's insane when you watch his tape. Some of it's against, you know, Southwestern – career college for the deaf uh you know half of Alabama schedules that way so some of those highlights you'll see from him are you know it's basically against high school quarterbacks but I don't know man this guy's a playmaker and he he can lay people out and I think with him and Abram that would be a very formidable secondary that way if you didn't hammer corner that much you have help in the front seven with your linebackers that in coverage and you have safeties that can Abram can stay in the box McKinney can roam I I, I would love that uh, if they don't go McKinney, I, I like I like Christian Fulton. I like Denzel Mims. Kenneth Murray, I liked him at, before free agency. I, I don't know if that's where we have to go at 19. I wouldn't mind maybe taking like a Willie Gay uh, in the second or third round if you can get into the second round. Maybe going like Willie Gay, another athletic linebacker. But I, I don't know if you have to take Murray at 19, especially since uh, him and Kwiatkowski are – Murray's more athletic, but him and Kwiatkowski kind of play the same role. Um also, uh, Justin Jefferson uh, from LSU, he he gets mocked later in the first, but I wouldn't mind taking him either. Um, and this is all depends. I don't want to double up at wide receiver in the first round. I, I think 
you heard Mike Mayock say there's about 25 guys he would take by round three. So I don't think you have to double down as much as, again, Gruden might have the chloroform rag in front of his mouth trying to double down. But uh, I think you got to try to get a, a playmaker in the secondary um, with either of those picks. You, you have to. So we'll see. I think I'm going to do a uh, Glenn Rockney rock draft coming up pretty soon. Do my own mock, uh, at least for the first round. Um, maybe do maybe do a seven-round Raider one on the, the draft network uh, for the next pod. But uh kind of wanted to save uh, – save a little bit of time um just to talk about uh talk about good old number four uh Derek Carr if you're a Raider fan on Twitter it's he'd be the only guy on the team if you if you just went through your Twitter feed uh, it's it's been a debate for a long time uh just a little background on me I was all in on Carr uh when they named him the starter over Shab, I didn't love him in the draft. It was probably a little name bias because David was such a disaster in the NFL. But I, I loved him. Uh, you know, I thought he was great. I thought we were set at quarterback for ten years, uh, especially in 2016. I, I don't think we need to go down that road, uh, especially with how depressed everyone is from the quarantine. Anyways, uh, I don't want to see anybody swinging from the ceiling fan as I'm talking about 2016. But the. Uh, <sighs> Carr's got to play better, and there's no uh, – oh, wow, breaking news, actually. Uh, while, while we uh, – man, I don't know if I like this. Breaking news from uh, – this is from Jerry McDonald. The Raiders have agreed to terms with Nelson Aguilar. So, Jesus Christ, a wide receiver that can't catch. Wonderful. Okay, so that was, again, I my strategy of Mike Mayock waiting until the draft to – Maybe get some free agents on the cheap, like a Rashard Higgins or something. I don't. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't. Another former first round pick. They they love their former first round picks. But man, watch that video of the guy saving the kids and and saying that Nelson Aguilar would have dropped the kids in Philly. God damn. Uh, all right, I won't get too far into that. They uh er, they got Eric Cush. People might remember him from the Rams on Hard Knocks, wearing like all the weird American flag like bathing suit stuff, but. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means. Looks like some guard depth. Uh, whatever. Don't hate that. But, uh, yeah, I don't know about this Nelson Aguilar thing. Anyways, back to Carr. Uh, after 2016, it didn't go well. And, and 2017 was the worst I've ever seen him play. I know his rookie year he struggled a lot, but 2017 was awful. I know he was playing with fractures on his back. I know he's tough. He is tough, and I'm I'm as critical as ever, but I don't – like when I see people posting him like crying in Seattle, I don't I don't think that's fair to hold that against him. He he suits up every game. He he plays every game. He's not doing the Jay Cutler uh, riding the bike on the sidelines. I I don't attack him on that. But uh, he does not deserve to be the unquestioned starter. So before people mince my words, he is not the unquestioned starter of the Raiders, the unchallenged starter of the Raiders. I do believe he's going to be the starter of the Raiders. I only saw one upgrade over him, and that was Tom Brady. Even then, I have questions about that. Uh, I just thought Gruden's system helped fit Tom Brady more than it fit Derek Carr. Um, to me, I part of Carr's struggles to me is I don't think this is the system for him. But we're stuck with Gruden for another eight years, so why force a square peg into a round hole with Carr? I, I don't. I don't see why you have to you have to commit to him. His contract's easily to get out easy to get out of. Um again, there's no more once Brady decided he was not even going to be interested in Vegas, you keep Carr. And uh 
I think a lot of people who are big time uh, car stands on the internet, I, I don't, I don't think this is quite the victory that you think it is. And uh, I still question, like, it's like, are you a car fan or a Raider fan? It's super weird, man. Whenever you criticize him, it's like, oh, you must hate the Raiders. It's like, dude, you must like him more than the Raiders. But nonetheless, man, I, I save that for my uh, quarantine Twitter uh, beef after a few beers. That's 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 what I like to do is argue about him on the Internet. So I won't do it here. The uh, I do think this virus might have might have helped uh helped cars job and and I, you know i don't mean that the actual virus is helpful in any way but i don't think you want to start over with a new quarterback in a in a new system I, I saw jerry mcdonald tweet that the other day uh you don't necessarily you don't know when you're ever going to talk to this quarterback so you might as well have the guy who already knows the system and say what you will about Carr, he is smart in terms of knowing learning systems and he's had to learn a lot of them which doesn't help but I do think that it probably was in retrospect with everything going on right now with the virus, with everything that with free agency kind of, you don't even know what guys are making right now because I don't think they're even getting the terms of the contract done because you can't do physicals. I think it's good to have a little bit of consistency, especially in the most important position, but I, the leash is obviously short. You don't bring in Mariota to just sit on the bench I mean you bring him on because if Mariota just catches on in the system really fast in training camp and Gruden kind of favors him a little bit more I I don't know if Carr's job is 1000% safe but I think they're right to keep him and it doesn't seem to me that it's going to hurt them um, because if you bring in a guy like Say if they went in on Ryan Tannehill, which it would have been awful. That would have been a terrible thing to do. But had they gone in on Tan- Tannehill, they could have said, oh, wow, Ryan, uh, training camp doesn't start till August uh, this year, and that's the first time you're going to meet any of these guys. And, you know, to much people's knowledge, uh, Gruden's system is not easy to learn. That's why a lot of people – I don't know if this was a smokescreen at the draft, but Mayock said – Gruden asks a lot out of his wide receivers, so for us to draft a wide receiver really high, he, he's going to have to be very, very smart and a fast learner. And uh, college offenses aren't really asking wide receivers to do as much as they with their route running as they have in the past. Now they're kind of like, let's get the ball to him fast and watch him move, which to me, I, I have a problem with, with Gruden in that sense where it's like, dude, stop scaring good players away from your system being too hard when you haven't had a winning season yet. So maybe we might have to have some changes come from you. His contract is telling me otherwise. I think he's kind of like, fuck you. you can, I can do whatever the hell I want. But I think, uh, I, I, think, I think I'm ready to roll with Carr, man. I think I'm ready to roll with Carr. I did this again last year. I, I really wanted them to I – I was saying some wild shit last year. I really wanted them to get, to get Kyler, trade up and get Kyler uh, and, and – put Carr out man but I, I don't know if getting a Justin Herbert is the right move I don't know if getting Jordan Love is the right move I think if you have a chance to upgrade wide receiver in secondary and have a league average quarterback I think that might be the move this year especially with the improvements on the front seven so uh, all right number four I guess I guess I'm in this year and uh yeah so I, I I'm probably gonna come back again uh sometime either this week or next week and just do a quick uh, mock draft on here maybe do a couple simulators see what we came up with uh if you want to follow me on twitter i'm at glenn rockney 
on Twitter, and that's at G-L-E-N-R-O-C-K-N-E-Y. I talk a lot of shit on there. You might not like my politics uh, and stuff like that, but I'm always down to talk Raiders, always down to talk football, sports, especially right now. Uh, Not working, so got all day. Uh, Gonna get this podcast up. Uh, It's the Rare Candy Podcast Network. This is Rock Vegas, and uh, let's go Raider Nation. Go Raiders.